You guys are awake. That's great. Years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary.
Let's sing it together. 
sins. Thank you for the sacrifice that you made, Lord, and I pray that everybody knows that well, you loved us enough to give that. Lord, I also pray that everybody knows that our God isn't dead. Our God's re resurrected on the third day. Lord, I pray you bless us, and you bless us tithes and offerings to further your kingdom. In your name.
here, maybe I won't. Huh? All right. Hey, um, look, I want to share a verse of scripture with you real quick. It comes from the book of John, chapter 12. Jesus says this. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, to be glorified. And then he says this, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Now, I don't have a grain of wheat with me this morning, but I do have what? A lemon and a glass. seedless lemon. I didn't put into it beforehand, so let's see. Um, we'll make a mess up here, but it's all right. We'll clean it up. Somebody. Preachers ought not to play with knives and microphones and lemons all at the same time. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Hold the cup out for me. Hold the cup out for me. There we go. All right, let's see if we can get... Is there a there a seed coming out? Oh, there's one right there. I see it. Boop. All right. That's good enough. I just need one. Now, who's going to get it for me? I got it. Because, look, y'all got on your pretty Easter dresses and everything. You don't want to get lemon juice all over them. All right. It's a seed. You see it? It's a seed. Does that look like a lemon? No, it doesn't look like a lemon. send you to the store to get me some lemons, okay? That does not look like a lemon. That's a seed. That's a seed. It doesn't look like a lemon tree either, does it? It look like a tree to you? But what happens now? If the conditions are right and we put it in the ground and we, you know, we, we, we get everything just right, it grows into a lemon tree, all right? And it doesn't look like a lemon. But here's, here's, here's this truth that Jesus was teaching. For this to turn into a lemon tree, for it to grow and blossom and be everything it's intended to be, the seed has to die. Jesus, in order to complete his mission on this earth, he had to go to the cross and die. And he was buried, he was placed in a tomb, and when he came back, his, even, his, he was a, it was different. It was different. He could be talking to you one minute and then poof, he's gone. Just like the two men, or, or the, the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. He was there. And then the disciples were in the upper room. And Jesus wasn't there. And all of a sudden they turn and, wow, there he is. He just shows up. So something, something was different about him and his resurrected body. And listen, that's the story of Easter. It's certainly, are you listening? Yeah, it'll stay right there. You can look at me now. I don't look like a lemon either. Sometimes when we come to church, we look like we've been eating lemons. But on Easter, we ought not to. We ought to smile a lot. All right. So listen, listen, listen. Jesus died and was resurrected. And here's the truth. When we die to ourselves, we too can live a different life. We are resurrected to a new life. The Bible even says that the old person that we once were no longer is. We're somebody entirely different. That's my prayer for you. If you've never experienced that, that you would come to the point where you say, Jesus, I'm going to die to myself. I don't want to live for myself, but I want to live for you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, who died on the cross and was resurrected. Father, my prayer is that we too will understand that we die to ourselves and are resurrected.
resurrected uh, as, as, as a new way of life that we live and we can spend eternity with you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. speak to you on this subject this morning Easter rolls away the stones we should have some scripture to come up on the screen there for you in Mark's gospel the 16th chapter Mark 16 and we're just going to look at the first four verses now when the Sabbath was passed Mary Magdalene 
Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices. They might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd help us to once again see what this scripture was saying then, what it says now. But better yet, Lord, what's it saying to us personally? And for those areas of our life where we find that we're struggling, we're hurting, may we find victory today. And I pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it's a joy to be with you on this Easter of 2019. Uh, take a look around you. Uh, there's a few more folks than normal here. Uh, here's my suggestion. All y'all come back next week. All right? And if all y'all come back next week and bring somebody with you, we'll be full. Amen? So... If, uh, if the Lord speaks to you in that area, I just really, really want to see this church uh, get healthy and grow and see people come to a saving knowledge of Christ for us to walk in victory that only he can give. And so when I make those statements on Facebook and other areas, when I say bring someone with you, I, I mean that seriously. So those that I invited, would you stand? Come on up there. That would be you, son. Uh, and your family uh, I just want you to know that there you go how about that I'm not asking you to do something I'm not doing myself okay alright but that's my family back there our youngest and dear dear friends around the place today and we're thrilled to have each and every one of you here even had a visitor in the uh, in the first service today I did ask them to come but they didn't tell me they were coming so that was a bit of a, a surprise, but I just let you think that uh, I knew they were coming, okay? So I'm two for two, two for two. Had visitors in the morning service and in this service. I encourage you to do likewise. But with our Bibles open today, I want us to take a journey and look that it was early that first Easter morning and what little grass grew uh, in that arid climate was moist. It was moist with a morning dew. And the cool air that early spring, uh, there it breezed through the blossoming branches of, of nearby trees. The sun crept slowly over the mountains before spilling its light over the rolling deserts of Palestine. So climb right into the scripture. Let it come alive to you. The bright and morning star could still be seen in, in the northern sky. It was a symbol. There, as they looked at that star, it was a symbol of hope and a sign that something better loomed on the horizon. But the small band of women, they are making their way to the tomb of Jesus. And hope for these women was in short supply. Perhaps as you gain, as you come to this place today, you know what it is to gain hope in your own life, but maybe you are struggling in that area. You just feel 
hopeless in some area in your life. Maybe you have a loved one. You have an acquaintance that they're just down. They're out. They need to be in the grasp of the resurrected Savior today. Their spirits have been crushed, you see, as we look into the scripture right here. By the same nails that pierced the hands and the feet of Jesus, they were discouraged. They were discouraged, they were disheartened, and they were defeated. And what they wanted more than anything else was to see Jesus one last time to honor him by anointing his body with spices and perfume, the first century equivalent of, if you will, laying flowers by the graveside, as some of you perhaps will do for a loved one even today or during the springtime. But as they walk that long and lonely path, and you are lonely when you're discouraged, when you're defeated, when you have disillusionment in your mind and in your heart, it just seems like that moments drag on and days drag on. They were lonely as they, they went up to that tomb, and the Bible says they ask each other, as they were walking, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Now these two women, two of them, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, had seen where the body had been placed and knew that a huge stone had been rolled across the entrance to that tomb. So as they approached that graveside, they remembered the stone and they realized they were not going to be able to move that stone on their own. stone itself probably weighed several hundred pounds and would have rolled uphill, have to be rolled uphill out of a rut in the ground in order to open up the tomb. So all this is in their minds, all this is in their heart. They, they have been disillusioned as to what has happened. And so these five women, even if these five women began to just work together, they wouldn't have been able to budge that stone. Or as they were concerned, it was an insurmountable obstacle in their life. But most of us know what that's like, don't we? We all have our own huge obstacles to happiness, our obstacles to joy, our obstacles maybe in our marriages, our obstacles perhaps in, in, in our families. Maybe it's in our jobs. There are obstacles that are there. And day in and day out, we face those insurmountable ob obstacles that we face day after day after day. We know the size. We know the shape. And we know the circumference of our stones. Our stones don't cover an entrance of a tomb in Jerusalem. No. Rather, our paths are blocked by boulders of unemployment, perhaps, or boulders of, of abandonment, abuse, addiction. We face the insurmountable obstacles of debt, divorce, drunkenness, 
depression. People have, have bills they can't pay, grades they can't make, and people they can't please, and habits of pornography they can't kick. They can't resist a past they can't shake, a future they can't face. And the truth is that in and of ourselves, no matter how hard we try, we can't roll the stone. We can come at it from every angle that we choose. We can try and try and try, but still that obstacle just seems to be there day in and day out. Look at your preacher. Jesus can move that stone in your life. He's alive. Those things that are insurmountable to you and me Give them to Jesus because he is the one who can move that stone. He can do whatever he did for Mary and Salome, for Peter and James and Thomas. Their lives were forever changed because he rolled this stone away. The stone represented fears and failures of Jesus' closest friends, his resurrection personally and and powerfully impacted the lives of those he, who knew him and those who loved him. It rolled away the stones that hindered their faith, hindered their future. Other than the stone blocking the entrance of, of his own tomb, Jesus moved no less than five other stones this Easter morning, and that's where I want to go with our message. He, he moved, first of all, the stone of discouragement. Go back. Here's Mary. Here are the other women. They're at Jesus' tomb. To say these women were discouraged is an understatement. They were devastated. They were heartbroken. They believed in Jesus. They put their faith in him, and all their hopes and all their dreams rested in that man, and they believed that he was God in human flesh, but then he died. Round beneath the old rugged cross was tinged with red for the blood of God, and they weren't the only ones feeling discouraged either. All of Jesus' followers were disappointed and disillusioned. The two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus spoke for all of them when they read, when we read what they said, we had hoped that he was the one. Anytime you start talking about hope in the past tense, you're in trouble. Northside Baptist Church, look forward. Look at your future. Don't look at your past. The past has passed. This is a new day. This is a new opportunity. And on this Resurrection Sunday morning, when we're celebrating the new life that only Jesus can give, may we let the stone of discouragement that perhaps has bound us for too long be removed 
from this place today. Anytime you start talking about hope in, in the past tense, you're in big trouble. A soul without hope is a body without food. Have you ever had your hopes crushed right in front of you? Dreams crushed? Maybe someone sitting here today and you thought you had met that perfect man or you met that perfect woman and this is the one. This is the one, but only to, to find that they weren't. You become discouraged. Some of our hope desperately that, that, that we, we will have a child, perhaps. And so we have done all we can do, and then nothing has happened. Others, adult children, might finally turn their lives around. Maybe we hope to get out of debt. We hope to escape our stress. We hope to be healed of some disease. We hope to be healed of some disability. Our hope that we can have some medication that we can take finally to, to just get rid of this pain that is, we're facing every day. When those dreams go unfulfilled or our hopes are shattered, it's discouraging and sometimes it's devastating to people to the point that they commit suicide. I'm speaking reality to you today, folks. They're all around us. People are hopeless. They need hope that only Jesus can give. They were certain that they, they were next, you see. The, uh, when they said this, the Bible says, that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. The disciples were discouraged, confused. Fearful, The disciples stay close together. They're hiding from the authorities. They're huddled behind locked doors. And Jesus had told them to meet him in Galilee, but they wouldn't go because fear had paralyzed them. It had paralyzed them, and fear does that to us, doesn't it? It'll freeze us dead in our tracks. Those dreams go, those hopes go, and we find ourselves in that confused, discouraged position. When, G when we put our faith in Jesus, we'll never experience a lack of hope. Psalm 22 5 says, They trusted you and were never disappointed. And apart from Christ, life is full of disillusionment and discouragement. The trick is to put all our eggs in the right basket. Mine this afternoon, grandkids. Put all our eggs in, in one basket, and when we hang our hopes on that one basket, that being the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we're, we can, we're not only going to be able to build castles in the sand, but, friend, our life is going to drastically change when our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Number two, the stone of dread. Do you remember what happened to all the disciples when Jesus was arrested? 
says they ran away. They abandoned Jesus in the time of need. And of the 12 disciples handpicked by Jesus, only one even had the courage to follow Jesus to the cross. And of course, after Jesus was crucified, they were even more terrified. The Bible says that Sunday evening those disciples were meeting behind that locked door because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, confused, fearful. Fear closes the windows. It locks the door. Fear is a prison of our own making. It keeps us from accomplishing what God wants us to do. And many of us, here we go, here we go. You know what's keeping you from following Jesus? Fear of rejection. Fear of rejection. I shall never forget when I gave my life to Christ at the age of 17, not living in a Christ-centered home. I knew I was going to get it when I came home and told them I accepted Jesus. Not get it in a good way either. I was made fun of. I was criticized. I was told that I was weak. I was told that any man put his faith in another man is weak. But I came home broken, weeping, having been born again, and was rejected. Many people won't make a decision for Jesus for a similar reason. But you know what happened to me? Exactly what this scripture says. Jesus came and stood right in the middle of my family and me and said, peace be with you. Their fear was transformed, you see, in this scripture by faith. It's by faith that we follow Christ. It's by faith that you and I have the stone removed from our lives. What makes the difference? Uh, Jesus gave to them, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He said in Matthew 28, 19, centuries earlier, God had said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua 1 and 9. Whatever challenges we meet, whatever obstacles we face, we don't have to be afraid because we're not alone. Cancer, Alzheimer, car crashes, the economy, 401Ks bottomed out, teenage pregnancy, crime, natural disasters. Take them right off the pages of our, our today newspaper and the happenings of today we're surrounded with, but Jesus... Jesus is the risen Lord. He's alive today, and he's by your side, and he'll never leave you, nor he'll never forsake you. Stone number three. I hear you, preacher, but I still got some doubt. What about the stone of doubt? Thomas, you see, missed the first appearance of Christ. While the others were meeting behind locked doors, Thomas was off somewhere. 
find out where by studying the scripture, but we sure do chasten Thomas for being doubting Thomas, don't we? And the truth of it is, if I really look at that wholeheartedly and sincerely, you see the Bible says one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came they told him we have seen the Lord but he replied I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hand and put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound of his side this is an understatement Thomas was a skeptic we might have some skeptics in here today almost there almost want to believe somehow or another stone of doubt let me put you at ease it's okay it's okay to doubt as long as you're willing to follow the evidence if you'll just follow the evidence Thomas reminds me of Lee Strobel I want to read for you about Lee Strobel says he was an investigative editor of the Chicago Tribune and a confirmed atheist. That is, until his wife became a Christian. And as her faith grew, he saw so many changes taking place in her life. He was afraid that he was losing her. So he set out on a mission to investigate Jesus Christ. His goal at first was to prove to his wife that Jesus was not the Son of God. But things didn't go exactly as he planned. He used the resources that were his through the Tribune to contact scholars and historians from around the globe investigating the reliability of Jesus' biographies and extra-biblical uh, uh, testing for the life and the works of Christ, but everything hinged on the resurrection, on the resurrection. Jesus really died and came back three days later, then that validated everything and that he had ever said and proved that he was who he claimed to be. The evidence was irresistible. And after nearly two years of investigation, Lee sat down at his desk with his legal pad and he drew a line down the middle and on one side he wrote all the evidence against Jesus the Son of God, and all the evidence for him on the other side. He was overwhelmed, it says, by his discoveries, and he gave his heart to Christ right there, right then. Thomas did the same thing. You see, upon seeing the evidence, seeing Jesus with his own eyes, Thomas fell on his knees, and he exclaimed, My Lord and my God. Here's my challenge to you if you're on that doubt plane. Study the Word. Let the Word speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit of God take John chapter 20 and make it real to you. Go to that place yourself. Experience what Thomas experienced. And I tell you, dear friend, he's irresistible. He will remove that doubt from your life the stone of defeat number four 
Jesus rose away the stone of defeat. We all know what it is to fail. And many of us know the heartache of, of a failed marriage, maybe that sit in this room right here this morning, the heartache of a failed career. You thought you were going to be there till you retired or to feel that you have failed as a father or to feel that you have failed as a mother or to, as you see, Peter knew that he was to fail. He knew what it was like to fail. He was a simple, passionate follower of Christ. And on the night of Jesus being arrested, Peter said, Lord, I'll lay down my very life for you. You see, Peter was an all and all in or out guy. But by sunrise the next morning, after saying these words with conviction, he blew it. As Jesus had prophesied, he had said three times, I don't know him, I don't belong to him, I'm not one of his failed Jesus when it counted the most and when Jesus was crucified Peter's failure hang over his head like a dark cloud so much that Peter was ready to quit and even after Jesus came back from the dead he still felt like a failure Rather than head toward Galilee, as he was supposed to, Peter went back to what he knew best, fishing. And he was ready to return. Listen, he's ready to return to his old life. Though he had experienced the new life. And as I read this scripture and, and I see this in his life, and I see him stop being a follower of Christ. Peter and the others are out there fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and it says they fished all night with no success, and then Jesus shows up. And he shows up and he tells them where to cast their nets, and then he sits down with them on the, on the beach, and he shares a barbecue breakfast with them. barbecue breakfast with them and during the meal Jesus asked Peter three times what did he ask him do you love me do you love me do you love me what did Peter say yes 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 last words that Jesus spoke to Peter exactly the same as the first word he spoke to Peter follow me follow me here's my point Peter got a second chance do you know that God's a God of second chances third and fourth 
Do you know that when we find ourselves with a stone of defeat that is there, that he's willing for us to bow the knee and repent of our sin and to return to following him and enjoying the new life and the power of the resurrection in our life? See, some of us have come this Easter morning. We're not walking close and clean with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not experiencing the power of the resurrection in our life. We're defeated. And that stone is heavy upon us. We want to walk in victory. Let, let me tell you, you've got to go back where it started. And he'll give you a second chance. Last stone I want to look at is the stone of death. He rose away that stone of death, and Paul said, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Since the Garden of Eden, death has been the arch enemy of humanity, and death has always won. The odds that you will eventually die in a car crash are 1 in 125, and the chance of dying in a fire are 1 in 4 million, but the odds of you dying are 1 to 1. Death is inescapable. It comes to every living thing. For thousands of years, death has stalked its prey and exacting precision with a hundred percent success rate. That is. That is until Jesus. Until Jesus died upon the cross. Until Jesus was buried. Until Jesus was placed in that tomb. Until Jesus rose again. And then death was defeated. Death was defeated. Here's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15. But the fact is that Christ has been raised from the dead. He's become the first of a great harvest of those who will be raised to life again. So you see, just as death came to the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Christ. Everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam, the first man, but all who are related to Christ, the other man will be given life. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he promised one thing, and that was eternal life. Eternal life, immortality. That's what Jesus came into this world to offer. John 10 and 10 says this, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, with meaning, with purpose, and, and following him gives you that life of meaning and purpose. Adam's sin allowed death to claim every human's life, but Christ's death challenged that claim and nullified that in the resurrection. And Adam gave all of us death, but Jesus can give all of us life. In other words, real life can only be found in Jesus. At conception, we receive part of our human inheritance, death, but at conversion, we get the gift of eternal life. Is it fair to say then, as I wrap this up, that what I'm saying here today is a matter of life and death? 
And whatever stone you find yourself behind today, Jesus wants to set you free. He wants to give you life. Have you ever wondered why God rolled the stone away from Jesus' tomb? I mean, he didn't have to. Rolled it away to let Jesus out, but no, to let us see in. To let us be convinced forevermore. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me today, and it still moves stones and whatever challenges you face, whatever boulders you, you find yourself behind, let me again say them to you. Discouragement, doubt, depression, divorce, debt, drunkenness, fear, failure, even death. I want you to know he still moves stones. Just this morning, my, my heart was so blessed of folks that last Easter, when I was transitional pastor up in Chatsworth, people that we, we were able to see come to Christ in that service. People I then was able to baptize, and not only baptize them, but they went and told their families. And then I was able to, able to baptize the mother of the young man. That young man this morning was so full of new life, he just had to text me, he said. He said, this is the happiest, happiest Easter I can ever remember. You see, his father had died. It was he and his mother. And now he's newly married, and he knows Christ, and his wife knows Christ, and now his mother knows Christ. And if there's ever been anybody that now it has been renewed with a newness in his heart and his life to see everybody know Christ. It was this young man, Clay Swainer. Clay's been about the business of going and telling. By the way, I read this this morning. Us, us preachers have a problem with women preaching. The first preachers were those women. They're the ones that went and told, didn't they? I got under conviction about that when I looked at it from that way this morning. I know, I know. I'm getting into some deep waters right there. Here's my point. Whether you're male, you're female, young, old, I want you to evaluate right here, now, today. Do you really, earnestly know Jesus is Lord and Savior. If you were to die today, do you have without any uncertainty, you know in your heart of hearts, if I were to die today, I'd go to be with Jesus in heaven. If you do, would you just say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go and tell. Because there's so many more that can't say hallelujah. Now here's the invitation. It's for anyone that needs to come and profess Christ as their Savior, always. But Easter's so much more than that. It's a time where we come and we, we get our spirit renewed and 
we get refreshed and we focus on the resurrected Lord and Savior and we take a look in our own lives at these areas that I've suggested to you today and it's those areas that God is pricking your heart right now. The Holy Spirit of God is saying to you right now, go forward, make it, make it public, don't be ashamed. Admit that you've got depression. Admit that there's doubt in your life. Admit that you're disillusioned about some things. Maybe there is fear that you need to overcome here today. I invite you to come. That's what this altar is for. I'll be here. BJ will be here. Curtis is going to come and lead us in just a moment. I want us to take a time and bow and pray. One for another. No one looking around, but just pray. Pray for yourself, the one to the right, one to the left of you right now. It's best you know how right now. I want you to just be honest with God. Father, the stillness of this moment. I pray for men, women, boys, and girls. They'll make a choice between life and death. pray, Father, today for those of us that are experiencing being discouraged, that, Lord, you can bring freedom today. Lord, speak. Speak to us, and may we not be able to turn away from your prodding in our heart, from your loving call. Lord, you speak, and now we honor you through our obedience. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand, let's sing, and you come. Give your life to Christ. Recommit yourself to him. Unite with the church. Ever what God's telling you to do, you come. Others perhaps need to come today and say yes to Jesus. Some of you today really need to get rid of that stone, the stone of doubt, depression, disillusionment, discouragement, fear, failure. As you face that today, would you give it to Christ? Would you? With our heads still bowed, let's sing another course, another verse very reverently together here.
benediction, our go to lunch song, every how you want to deem it. But uh, I want you to listen to the words, listen to the message. The day that death was arrested. You may be seated. Rejoice as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. When death was arrested, my life began. For your grace, 
And uh, we serve a risen, living Savior. And we don't have to taste death because of what he did for us. And so we have a message to tell the nations. Uh, look, I, I want you to, to pay attention to what's in your bulletin. Uh, we don't have activities here tonight, so uh, enjoy time with your family. Uh, or take the time to tell somebody about Jesus. Um, and uh, we welcome you to come back here on Wednesday night. We have a special thing going on. It's our cake auction fundraiser for our children and youth going to camp this summer. We'd love for you to come and bring me a cake. Um, and we'd love for you to come and participate. It's, it's a fun evening. What? Yes. And then buy a cake or two or 12. That would be fantastic. Um, but uh, it, it, is for, it is to help uh, offset the cost of camp. So, um, but right now I want to ask uh, Brother Larry if you would come up and dismiss us in a word of prayer. Yes. No Wednesday supper this week. Come and there's even more reason to come and eat cake. That's right. You can have your cake and eat it. Let us close in prayer. Most gracious Father in heaven. Thank you for all you do for us. Forgive us where we fail you so miserably. Go with us this week. Lead and guide us in all that we say and do.